Om Shri Guru Bhyonama. Today we will be taking up two topics in this time that we have. One is Uparama and the other one is Uparama. Uparama from Uravel. When you put Upar near, Upar Samibe. So revel with something, revel in something that is near. This makes no sense. So many things are near. And I can also set it up. I can put gulab jamuns near me. And then I say, Uparama, reveling in something near. Gulab jamuns means some kind of sweets. I can do that. But that is not the intention here. The intention is whenever the word Upar, comes without anything that is qualified, without any qualifications. It means nearest. What is the nearest thing? Nearest to oneself is oneself. So reveling in oneself, Uparam. And that is one meaning. Reveling in oneself, which is what all the renunciants are encouraged to do. Reveling in the words of the Shastra, which again talk about oneself, is reveling in oneself and chewing the cud of the Shastra, that is reveling in oneself. So this is called, what is that called, self-revelry. But then, in the Tattva Bodha, a slightly different definition is given. So that means it has another meaning also. And we will be looking at both the meanings in a little bit of detail. In the Tattva Bodha, how is it defined? Uparamaha Swadharma Anushthanam Eva. It is Swadharma Anushthanam Anu plus Tha. Again, staying. Staying Anu in accordance to one's own Dharma. So the performance of Swadharma and doing what one is supposed to do is Uparama. And so the two meanings of Uparama go very nicely with one another. First, as a person who is not ready to revel in oneself, because self-revelry comes when? When I know the self, then only I can revel. Now if I start to revel before knowing the self, then only sad thoughts will come. I'm an idiot. Nobody loves me. <laughs> Why am I like this? Why did that person look at me but did not smile at me? Why she treated me like this? Uh, when? 15 years ago. Why did they do this? <laughs> These are the thoughts that come. And it's not that the self is completely unknown because if the self was completely unknown, then I can continue to revel in what? In my ignorance. So today, on my walk, I saw a whole lot of goats. Goats came and they are reveling. They are, they are doing, they are reveling nicely. No, no problem at all. They come to be petted, they just are happy. Because in the animals, they, even though they, are, they have self-ignorance, it does not cause suffering. Only in the human being, self-ignorance can and does cause suffering because we have free will. 
it's almost like mother nature put the uninhibited self consciousness in the mind so in the other animals consciousness of themselves and others are there but it is basic just for the sake of samrakshana protection and prasava propagation for only those two reasons they, they have what is called the ability to recognize their own kind and predators and food for survival that's all but in the human being it's not just that i want the sky i want to pluck the stars i want to go to the moon i want to make a journey to to space and now it is possible also with all these space x missions everything so this is who i am this is what i want my wants are endless and so this consciousness which is uninhibited totally free totally uninhibited is got a, a two faces in in a way it's a blessing in a way it's a challenge let's take the bad news first why is it a challenge because i am free free enough to judge myself free enough to call myself donkey monkey <laughs> this is what i call myself because i think other people think that i also come to the same conclusion and so this is one reason why this is a uh, very challenging this is a challenge but it is a blessing because to come out of this wrong understanding of the self is also a possibility since that is a possibility then the uparama becomes a very important value to have to qualify for self knowledge uparama here in this instance means minding my own business not other people's business another way to look at it puja swami ji would always say getting back to yourself usually the mind is all over the place and then when it comes to my anushthanam my ability to lead my life whatever i have to do i don't want to do whatever i want to do it's either illegal or immoral or has too many calories like laddus etc so therefore it is extremely important very very important to understand these two meanings of upar the first meaning is getting comfortable in my skin because the tendency is to reject what is there to be to reject the circumstances of one's life to reject the parentage to reject the culture to reject what one has to do all this there is not a uh, this is not something which is uh, you know this is something which is all over the place regardless of culture it starts from teenage question everything reject everything don't want to do what is there to do and so when i don't want to do what i have to do what happens i want to do what i should not be doing that's it because i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do so therefore i will want to do what i'm not supposed to do. this the the tendency to not do that is called uparama 
and in fact swadharma anushthanam eva following swadharma is uparama it's not separate from the next definition which is sanyasa like a baby sanyasa is also uparama letting go because in following swadharma if one is serious it is a lot of sacrifice how much you have to give up you ask a mother she will know how much she has to give up nothing other than the children matter and every day you know till they are old old means really old <laughs> because we don't know in india when to stop parenting we know when to start we don't know when to stop every single day we have to sacrifice the mother has to sacrifice the children's need come first the children's wants come first father also sacrifices is not just the mother both of them sacrifice father sacrifices in a slightly different way that's it. both of them sacrifice in order to bring the child up and to give it all the values how much sacrifice is needed marriage is itself enough marriage is itself a big sacrifice because now before one was a single person aham now aham has become avam us both and so therefore in the indian marriage you don't marry the person you marry the entire village everybody you may get married and so you have to adjust to so many egos one says i am elderly you did not give me respect <laughs> you didn't do that you you invited for a function but you invited me second i should have been invited first how are you doing this and so you can't even talk back you want to talk back but you cannot and so you learn with shama and dama to just self soothe self soothing is shama dama and then uparama is letting go okay they are elderly they said something i am going to let go okay they couldn't do this let go yes the same child who i brought up lovingly is kicking me in the face let it go he is going through a phase she is going through a phase that's why she is kicking the face mm-hmm. and so let it go she will learn he will learn but when doesn't matter let it go i grow as a result of letting go it may seem like a sign of weakness to to, to follow uparama to follow swadharma seems like a sign of weakness especially for people who are not familiar with this concept and with this culture but actually it's a great sign of strength that's why women in the culture are so much strong in turn the, the the men have physical strength but the internal emotional shakti that goddess is resides in women really because they have the ability to do this to overcome and to let go because otherwise that, that is what their survival depends on in joint families and in extended families this is what has to be done and so uparama is not a joke and uparama means letting go of all the things where which is not my business somebody got angry is it my business no it's their anger no but they are angry at me have i done anything wrong well yes okay have i apologized yes okay then let it go uparama is the ability to just 
finish that incident right there and not carry it across. Like the story of the two monks. What are the monks? These two Buddhist monks were uh, uh, going somewhere, crossing the river. And there was a young woman who said, I can't swim. Can you please carry me? And the first monk said, absolutely not. How dare you ask? Can't you see? I'm wearing orange. How dare you ask such a terrible request? How can you make? And the other one happily just carried her, put her on the back. And the first one went on chiding. If all the sannyasis behave like this, where is the ashrama called sannyasa going? Where it's your spoiling everything? 45 minutes he just yelled at him. And the first monk just kept quiet. The first Swami kept quiet, quiet, quiet. After that, quietly said just one thing. I left her on the other bank 45 minutes ago. You are still carrying her in your head. In your head, you are still carrying her. This is Uparama. Letting go. At that moment, something had to be done. One made the decision to do something. And that decision had some consequences. Some were pleasant, some were unpleasant. Whatever it is, let it go. Let it go. Otherwise, Swadharma is impossible because if everything starts piling on, Swadharma is impossible to take care of. But what is Swadharma? Swadharma means what? Doing what I am supposed to do. This is very easy. Everybody is a son or a daughter. You do what you are supposed to do. There are certain duties associated with being son, being daughter. Then one finds a job. Then you are an employee. Some people are above you. You have bosses. Then also it is very well spelled out. You can't talk back to the boss if you want to keep the job. Ah. So like this there are certain rules you have to follow. Then there will be some people under you. And there also you have to be kind and you have to treat them in a certain way. That is also there. And so this is, this is employee dharma, employer dharma. Then you get married. Then spouse dharma is there. Then you have children and you become a mother, father and mother, father dharma is there. So like this, all the things one has to do, one does. Because if one does not do the things that one has to do, one mind goes towards the things that one is not supposed to do. So Uparama is the jewel of Karma Yoga. Because Karma Yoga is based on Swadharma, really on Dharma generally, but Swadharma in particular. Because I can't always do as I like, I learn to love whatever it is I have to do, I learn to love. Somebody asked Pujya Swamiji, a small child, what is your favorite thing to do? And then Swamiji said, I can't choose. Why not? The child asked, why can't you choose? Because he just made a joke of it. He said, all these people surrounding me, they will not let me do what I want to do. <laughs> I have to do what they tell me to do. And so, I have learned to love whatever it is I have to do. It's whatever. What is your favorite? Whatever I have to do is my favorite. Right now, I am trying. I am talking to you. And that is my favorite activity. Child felt, felt very happy and she went away. So like this, 
This is what is the first meaning of the Paramatma. Then when this is mastered, when Swadharma becomes child's play for me, then I can look into the second meaning of the word Uparati, Uparama, self-revelry. Because I have been minding my own business for such a long time. This is what we learn from the sadhus and saints. Even when they are not teaching, they are just focused on whatever it is they are doing. Whether if they are eating, they are focused on eating. If they are walking, they are focused on walking. If they are talking, they are, they are focused on what? Talking. The mind is not given away all over the place. The heart, the mind, the attention is, is squarely with oneself. And what we learn from these sages and saints is to, is to cultivate that ability of minding one's own business. It's not even dropping, criticizing others. That just drops on its own when Uparama is fully mastered. Because I'm so filled with myself, I don't have any time to criticize somebody. I don't have any time to look, oh, what is happening over there? Oh, somebody is giving money, somebody is receiving money. What is happening over here? Somebody is doing this, somebody is doing that. Why? Why are these two talking? These two never talk. Why are they talking? Let me go find out. And then I go find out what is happening, what's going on here. And then we say, oh, but we are human beings. The curiosity is natural. Alright, curiosity is natural. But then the ability to overcome the curiosity and not follow it along is also what? Natural. That is also given. The ability to override the curiosity given. Curiosity may be given, but the ability to override the curiosity is given. And there is an expression, curiosity kills the cat. Cat was looking inside a swimming pool slowly. Oh, how deep is it? What is happening? Went in. Alas. So, the, it's just given there because in the English idiom, it is to show that curiosity is dangerous. Actually. And it's a very wise statement, whoever made it. Curiosity is dangerous because certain things are not my business. In fact, the less we know, the safer we are. We, through the cultivation of Uparama, we learn to trust. If I have to get something, it will come. If I have to know something, it will be told to me. In fact, the less we know, the better we are. Less we have to do, less we have to think about. Less we are in sticky situations. Getting out of sticky situations is Uparama and it is Swadharma Anushthana if one is a Karma Yogi and even if one is a Sanyasi, it's a Swadharma Anushthana. Just falling back on oneself. Otherwise, the attention is spread thin all over the place. I'm looking. Why? Because I can't bear to look here. Here is where the curiosity must be directed. Here is where the attention must be directed. Here is the space that needs attention. Because here is the pain. Here is the sorrow. Here is the sense of want. Right here, centered on I, is the fear, anxiety. That is what needs to go. So, Uparama 
means what? Bringing everything back to yourself repeatedly, making it a habit, making it a shubhecha, shubha ichha, an auspicious intention. Shubha sankalpa, an auspicious intention I make so that I come back to myself repeatedly. Blessed by this ability, I get out of sticky situations. Otherwise, if I'm curious, two people are doing some kind of a terrible, nefarious deal, drugs or something, and then if I say, oh, gentlemen, what are you doing? <laughs> then my life only is in danger. <laughs> Why are you whispering? What is happening? What are you exchanging? They will look, they'll exchange glances and look at you and then finished. So, this Uparama is a, is a Kavacha. It protects me from dangerous and unsavory and unwanted situations. This is actually covering the ears with something. This sign of Uparama. Sadhus sometimes cover the ears, cover the head. It's not about the head, it's about the ears. Cover the ears so you don't hear anything abhadra. Bhadra, auspicious. You have to learn to live in auspiciousness. And auspiciousness is you. So you have to learn to live in you. So covering the ears is a sign of the commitment to auspiciousness. I only want to hear what is auspicious. I only want to see what is auspicious. That's why the Shanti Mantra is there. Which one? Bhadram karne vishraniyamadevaha. It says as much. Karnaihi with the ears. Let me just hear only that which is pleasant, only that which is auspicious. But what is it that's auspicious? Because I may find heavy metal music auspicious. <laughs> you may want bhajans, but I may say I want heavy metal music, which to you might sound very inauspicious. That's why we don't deal with relative auspiciousness. What is absolutely auspicious for all we take? And what is that? Atma Vidya. That is what is auspicious all over for everybody, all the time, no matter where one is. Knowing that I am free of the very things I think I suffered from. Sorrow, lack, fear, all these things I am free of. That's the most auspicious thing. And what is that? The self. I, Atma. So, Atma is the most auspicious thing. So, in order to focus on the Atma, I, I, as it were, cover the ears, so I don't have to, so there is a little bit of a protection. I don't see anything, I don't hear anything that is not my business. This is the second meaning of Uparam. I learn to live within myself. I'm comfortable in my own skin. The practice of Uparama is a lifelong protection, whether one is a karma yogi or a sannyasi. Now we will take up the topic of Pitiksha. Pitiksha is defined in the Viveka Chudamani as follows. Sahanam Sarva Dukhanam Apratikara Purvakam Chinta vilaparahitam satitiksha nigadhyate. She is known as titiksha, titiksha feminine. 
Same thing, san pratyaga. The root verb is tij. But san pratyaga is also there in words like mumuksha, the desire for freedom, jignyasa, the desire for knowledge. But here it's not a desiderative uh, you know, sense. Pitiksha just means a noun, forbearance. It's not ichha here. There is no desire here. It's just a noun called forbearance. What is this forbearance? And the definition in the Viveka Chudamani is very beautiful because everything is outlined. Sahanam sarva dukhanam apratikara purvakam. Without any reactivity. Oh, oh, I'm not liking this titiksha one bit. <laughs> this is not sounding fun. Wait. Wait for it. Chinta rahitam. Without imploding by keeping on stressing about it and losing sleepless nights and all these things. Or vilaparahita means without complaining loudly in public. That is why nobody loves titiksha. Sarva dukhana, all unpleasant situations, all sorrows, I learn to look at without reacting outside or without self-harm inside. Then what? I will become a doormat. Everybody will wipe their shoes on me. This is what will happen. And that's why Titiksha is easily the least favorite quality <laughs> in this six-pack. And the most feared. Most feared and least feared. But what is this sahanam? We have to see this problem. And why? Why is this a qualification? The ability to put up with everything. Why should I be a doormat? Because if the weather is hot, I can turn on AC. And so, you for titiksha means I shouldn't turn on AC. That is not titiksha. Titiksha means when there is no AC, you, you don't complain. Titiksha doesn't mean you do not change the things that you can. It's like the serenity prayer. Oh Lord, give me the courage to change the things I can. And then what else? Give me the ability to put up with the things that I cannot change, to endure the things that I cannot change. Give me the wisdom to know the difference between the things I can and cannot change. I should know the difference. And so this is what is titiksha. Titiksha means the ability to do this. It's not that, you know, I am uncomfortable. So I want a better chair. I want to sit in a better position. I want to change the position I am sitting. These are all things that can be done. But what about the things that are not possible? That is what is titiksha. I'm so hot, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. Yes, I hear you. You are hot. It is hot. It is, uh, this is how it is. I'm so hot, I'm so hot, I'm so hot. Yes, the fan is being repaired. How long will it take? How long will it take? How long will it take? Ten minutes. The motor has to be changed. The fan will come back. 
or the AC will come back. Don't worry. No, no, no. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. It's so hot. You know, it's so hot. It's so hot. I can't handle it. It's so hot. Look, it's repaired. The electrician has turned on the switch. Look, it's moving. It worked. It's on. And then what? The person says, Ah, you know, I was so hot. I was so hot. I was so hot. You know how hot I was? I was so hot. And for another half an hour, you have to hear from this fellow how hot he was. This is exactly the absence of this is the fiction. This is called vilapa, loud lamentation to whoever will hear. In fact, the friends start avoiding such a person. This fellow comes like this and other people hide behind the bush because they don't want the person to always be complaining. A complaining person is not anybody's favorite person. Stopping the complaints is the first order of business for fiction. Okay, I won't complain, but inside I will be a mess because I will suppress, suppress, suppress and one day I will blow up like a pressure cooker with, without a safety valve, where the safety valve has malfunctioned, what will it do? It will burst. And this is how the person will be. That is why it is not Tiksha. He says, Chinta Rahita. I don't explode. I don't implode either. I don't have so much pain, sorrow, all stored up, stored up, stored up. That I learned to take care of. I learned to take care of the pain inside because why? Because otherwise it will turn again into implosion or explosion, both of which have to be avoided. But I don't understand why is this important for self growth? Why is it important? For, why is it an important qualification for self knowledge? Because if one is busy always making oneself comfortable, then the, there is no space in the heart for this knowledge to come. I had a student once. He was a yoga practitioner. So he was very, very particular about how he sat in the class. And in the classroom, there was always some uh, bolsters, cushions were there. They were lying in the corner. In fact, some people would use them for the sitting or for the bed. So he would come. First, he would mark his spot, he would keep his books. Sometimes he came late also. And I'm talking and watching him. And then he would just uh, bring one. He had his own little fold out stool. Small stool, chowki, fold out chowki. He would keep that. Then he would bring four or five cushions from this side of the class. From the other side of the classroom, four or five uh, bolsters and mats and everything. Then put one, two, three here under the left leg. Two, three here under the right leg. And then one or two behind. One or two in front. And then suddenly if he wants to change the situation, one block, one bolster, one mat to keep the hands like this. <laughs> And then he would arrange everything and then go like this, tuck, 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 some sounds will come. And then like this, tuck, tuck, another sound will come. Then go like this slowly and then go like this 
and then he would sit down. And what would I, I be doing by this time? Om This is the closing prayer would be said. Whole class was taken just in sitting down. By the time he got comfortable, the class would end. Uncomplainingly, he would put everything back. Next day, next class, same thing would be repeated. That was in a way his sadhana, how to get comfortable. So by the time he perfected that comfortableness, the knowledge that he himself was perfect without needing to get into a comfortable pose was already gone. Since the identification with the body-mind sense is very, very strong, and the identification is mixed up with, uh, uh, with the, the two uh, other kinds of identification about which we can't do anything. There are three forms of identification. Sahajatadatmya, a natural identification. Like, if you pinch me, somebody else will not say, Ow! I will say, Ow! There is a Sahajatadatmya, I have to sense heat, Shita, Ushna, Sukha, Dukha, heat, cold, pain, everything. I have to sense. So I am the managing trustee of this body-mind sense complex. And so there is a natural identification with the body, with the mind, etc. I am the observer. So this cannot be removed. Ishwara's Srishti, Ishwara Srishti. And then there is also a Karmajatadatmya. Born of karma. karma. You know, karma bihi jayate. That which is born of karma and identification. That's one's own background, one's own lineage, one's own uh, why I have this body, why I'm in this body, not that body, why am I in a male body, not a female body, all these things. Karma Then there is a third form of identification. Branti Jatadatmya, born of Branti. Delusion. Wrong knowledge about myself. So that is the only thing that we can change. That goes in the wake of self-knowledge. Branti Jatadatmya goes, Branti goes. So as one is gaining this knowledge, it behooves oneself to not to help oneself to shed some of this identification. Cultivate the cultivating the practice of the tiksha is good to naturally shed some of the body-mind identification by showing that uh, the free will can override a certain level of discomfort. This is what is the tiksha. This is why even in the classroom, sometimes you have to have that tiksha. And, and so, with the help of the Titiksha, one grows to be able to be a fitting vessel. The body-mind-sense complex becomes a fitting vessel for this knowledge. Because I am not preoccupied all the time with, oh, hot, oh, cold, oh, some prickling sensation. Oh, am I having a heart attack? Somewhere it was paining. Somewhere it is pain. <laughs> am I having a heart attack? And the person is pointing to the right side of the chest. <laughs> Where is it paining? Here. And so this is so, the, I'm not so preoccupied. The heart is free to absorb the teaching. The heart is free to sit in meditation. The heart is free, the mind is free to find out what the teacher is saying. 
and to grasp at it. That is how it is connected. But how do I cultivate the tiksha? I am such a touch me not like everything. <laughs> I everything just comes and I I sense not only my pain. Some people say this to me. Well, the, the person sitting next to me is having discomfort and pain and they are squirming and I am feeling their pain. How to do this? We have to learn to localize. Naturally, we globalize. People say this all the time. India is very difficult. Aray? The whole of India is very difficult. Which part of India is difficult? Is the food difficult? Is the going around difficult? Which part of it is the north difficult, is the south difficult, which city you went to? Oh, I was in Delhi. For how many days? Two days. And then came to what conclusion? Whole of India is difficult all the time. This is called globalization. This is what has to be localized. So I learned to localize it. So there are, there are two tactics for developing Titiksha. The first one is localization. Oh, the whole body is painting, painting, painting. One small boy cried out like this. Was taken, the parents got very scared. Took him to the doctor. The doctor was very calm. Painting, painting, whole body is painting. Okay, where is it painting? Everywhere. How can it be painting everywhere? Is the head pain? Touch the head. Boy thought about it. Being an honest fellow said, No, no good. Head is not painting. Wonderful. Are the shoulders pain? No. Is the arm hand paining? Left hand is pain? No. Right hand is pain? No. Stomach is paining? No. Chest is paining? No. Back is paining? No. Front is paining? No. Legs are pain? Yes, legs are paining. Which leg is pain? Right leg is paining? No. Right knee is paining? No. Right ankle is paining? No. Right foot is paining? No. Left leg is paining? Yes. Whole of the left leg is pain. Yes, the whole left leg is hurting. Okay, let me touch. I'm, I'm touching the thighs now, the left thigh. Is it paining? No. Left knee is paining? No. Left ankle is paining, calf muscle is paining? No. Left foot is paining? Yeah. Oh, whole of the left foot is paining? No. Front of the foot is paining? No. Back of the foot is paining? No. Okay, let's do the toes. Big toe is paining? No. And then the other three toes are painting. No. The last toe is painting. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So, where was the pain? In the little toe of the left foot. But what, we, what do we like to do? Globalize. The whole of me is unwell. This is Brantijatadatme. So this is the globalization. But then we have to localize. And then, oh, this whole person is bad. The whole person is bad. <laughs> every, every ounce of them is bad. Yes, they are behaving badly. And then it turns out they didn't give me what I wanted. That's why they are bad. And so like this, we have to learn to localize. Localize, localize. Because it's always not the whole thing. We have to look with the eyes of objectivity. And then first we localize, even if we are not objective, then the objectivity naturally comes in. Or we can be objective first and say, alright, I am in a lot of pain, let's see where it is hurting. Oh, the heart is in pain. Okay, let's see why it is in pain. Then you find out 
that oh the person understands that i got triggered the person says by somebody else's pain i got triggered somebody said something i got triggered so then that becomes a small thing the problem is really small it can be taken care of when we localize the problem we become bigger than the problem if we globalize the problem the problem becomes bigger than the person and that's why it becomes a much bigger deal than it is so the first solution localize do not globalize when you localize it titiksha is possible titiksha is easy when you globalize titiksha becomes impossible titiksha goes out the window because one is totally totally and completely overwhelmed so this is the first upaya remedy the second upaya is having to the, the first upaya has to do with my reactions the second upaya is managing the mind as the thoughts come in as my responses to outside situations or inner situations start to unfold in the form of thoughts what do i do this is the diction i need only one punctuation mark what is that full stop yes full stop is what i need oh today is going to become a very bad day it has started off badly full stop don't allow allow the next thought to come change the channel do something as busy yourself with something else but supposing you are not able to stop the next thought this always happens to me full stop after that why be full stop otherwise the the each thought is like a link in a chain one link you can deal with two three links you can deal with but the whole chain then binds you then you become a prisoner of your thoughts so titiksha and uparati go together because i let go of the thought uparama titiksha i learn to put a full stop and i learn to observe and say yes this is just a thought and you can tell yourself a mantra this too shall pass this is a very nice mantra in the midst of the most difficult situation this mantra om namah shivaya yes you can think all that you can do gayatri japa you can do but this mantra is the best mantra that says this too this most difficult and hard situation also shall pass and it will not always be like this and when i am able to do that and titiksha becomes child play equipped with uparama and titiksha the person really makes a lot of strides in emotional maturity and with the emotional maturity self knowledge is standing at the door so i come in it says om shanti 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 hari hi om shri gurubhyo namaha hari hi om